Hello. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kim. I'm Kathleen. And we are here, here for, for Uncomfortable, Uncomfortable Conversations with the K&K, K&K twins. twins. So this week, we're yes. starting a new unit. Yes. We're in the book. Oh. Untangling. I'll use, I'll use mine. Yeah, mine's all mine. Yeah. yeah. Mine. So actually, we're going to start a, a kind of heavy unit or yes. lesson today. Um, and that's going to be about hurt and anger, which we'll get to. But this is the book we are working from, Untangling Relationships by Pat Springle. Yes. And you can go to McGee Publishing Company. If you go to McGee Publishing website, you can actually order these books at a discount. So McGee Publishing. Yeah. You'll Google it. It'll be easy to find. So So before we start in with the next lesson, I'm going to do some kind of like review. I feel like so many of these things build upon each other that you almost need to review the basics several times just to kind of wrap your brain around it. So we're going to talk... It all okay. I can't see it, but you go. Okay, you but read yeah. what I'm pointing. I'll to. read what you're pointing. Okay, to. okay. so it all starts with, with these lovely dysfunctional families, families, right? That we love and yes. we're so grateful for, um, but they provide some challenges, and the challenges are it leads to three characteristics. One is a warped sense of responsibility. I don't know, that might be the that third one. is the know. lack of objectivity, and then controlled and being controlled. And that, those three things lend, uh, lead towards certain emotions, guilt, loneliness, hurt, and anger. So this week we're going to talk about hurt and anger. We, each yep. of these units, we've been talking about each of these things. So you remember that we started with the warped sense of responsibility. We've talked about lack of objectivity. And you guys, lack of objectivity is a big one. This is what's going to keep you from healing. This is what's going to keep you from really owning your stuff yeah. and figuring out that you are codependent and you need to deal with it, right? But those things lead to the guilt, loneliness, hurt, and anger, and that is what leads to a codependent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about hurt and anger. In this unit, we're going to cover some things. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to talk about deep wounds. Um, day two is about responding to hurt and anger, part one. There's part two, and there's part three. That should tell you how important this is, how we respond to hurt and anger. And how many layers it has. You know, we've talked oh, about yeah. many times about how mm-hmm. this is like an onion. We talked about that here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about later, too, but how mm-hmm. it's like unpeeling an right. onion. And so yeah. um, we have to go through these layers. Mm-hmm. Um to really get to the healing. And then day five is going to be about memories, guys. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's going to be, this Although is you have some good tough. memories today. I did have some good memories so, today. So that's good. Not all memories are bad. Right, right, right. Even not all memories with people who gave us bad Aren't memories yeah. are bad. You know what I mean? Exactly. You have good memories. So that's just part of the process. So we're going to start today talking about deep wounds. So I thought it was important that we share kind of this um, memory verse for this session because I thought it was really appropriate. It really fit. Um, so I just want to share this Bible verse with you folks. Um, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. That's mm-hmm. Hebrews four fifteen and sixteen. That, I thought that was yeah, I thought yeah. that was really comforting to me. So. Um, did you want to read? We have a definition. Yeah, Susan I want Forward. to talk about the, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard of this book before. It's called Men Who Hate Women and the Women Who Love Them. It's a very interesting book, Susan Forward. But go ahead and read her definition it, of abuse. Yeah, it's a, it's a book. Yeah, she's, it's about abuse. So this I'll say this is a hard one for me, like the definition of abuse. Um, but here it is. Abuse is defined as any behavior that is designed to control and subjugate another human being 
through the use of fear, humiliation, and verbal or physical assaults. It is the systematic persecution of one partner by another. Systematic. Mm -hmm. They wear down their partners through unrelenting criticism and fault finding. This type of psychological abuse is particularly insidious because it is often disguised as a way of helping someone to be a better person. Yeah. And I feel like I'm guilty of that with yep. Abby. My mm-hmm. mom for sure did that with me. The mm-hmm. constant criticism, constant, unrelenting, beat you down. And and it was to try and help me. Well, if I don't tell you these things, who will? Right. I say this because I love you. I want you to be a, you know, a better person. I did the same thing with Abby to my eternal shame. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I did some of that with her until I, you know, until I learned better. Right. Um, and we still have to catch ourselves. Yes, yes, we do. So I still so, have to apologize to my kids on a regular basis right? for being myself and insensitive yeah. and, and carrying on these codependent behaviors Patterns, that yeah. I've learned. And that's part of the challenge is the things that we were done to us, we end up doing to other people. Right. We repeat these patterns to other people, and we'll talk about later how we even abuse ourselves. Ourselves. We're going to talk know? about that. So We'll talk about that a little bit. But you want to talk about the, the results yes. of this abuse? The predictable okay. results, results of such abuse are many. Okay, mm-hmm. but we're just going to read a few. Um, self-condemnation. Wait, wait, wait. Before you read them all, I want you to think about, as Kathleen's reading these results, think about, okay, which one of these resonate with me? And mm-hmm. you might have to be honest with yourself. Right. I really, and we're going to go back and talk about it again, but just start thinking mm-hmm. about, okay, do you, do I deal with self-condemnation? That was the first one. Okay. Go ahead. Right. And then, you know, just codependents tend to stuff our feelings. We tend yeah. to not recognize our feelings. We deny, we feel, we don't feel things. Our, we don't feel so let's feelings. just really be thoughtful about this and see if this, if this resonates with you. So self-condemnation. Lack of confidence. Those two right away are me for sure. Yeah. Or were me at one point. Mm-hmm. Tendency to be easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Because we can't set boundaries. Yeah. We're, it's hard for us to set That's me. a hard one. It is. Like, for me, I had to, like, really, like, Learn am, how to say I, no. am I or was I somebody who could be easily manipulated? I don't like that. Much. No one likes to admit that. But if you one. have a hard time saying no, then you probably are. Um, morbid introspection. And that just means kind of being in your own head all the time. Mm-hmm. Rethinking what you said. Oh, did that sound stupid? Or what are people thinking about what I said? Or just really thinking about your life and, you know, whatever. Just it's always about you and yeah. your whatever. Passivity. Mm-hmm. So you're being passive. Um, lack of security. Rigidity. She wants to, she wants <laughs> to elbow me. Face? She wants to elbow me. <laughs> her rib right now. She wants to. She does. So we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> Okay, other emotional and relational problems. Okay, so so think about those. This is going to be one where we're going to do some work together. Yeah. Okay, so it's really important that as you listen to this, you participate. Okay, so active physical and or verbal abuse leaves codependents feeling deeply hurt and angry towards their abuser. Mm-hmm. But the passive abuse of neglect and withdrawal are equally devastating. And I've had quite a bit of that in my life. The dysfunctional abusive family provides pain rather than healthy relationships. So keep that in mind, okay? Um, They don't provide the love and worth that we need as codependents. Mm -hmm. Codependents try to please and rescue the ones who are hurting them in an attempt 
to win the love and approval that codependents so desperately need. So we are so desperate for love and approval that we try to seek that from our abusers. Right. And that's what keeps us Isn't in that, that crazy? cycle. I it want you to think about that. Right? The person who's hurting us, hurting us the most, who's causing the most damage, all we want is to make them happy. Yeah. At the expense of ourselves. Yeah. That just okay. is like... It's insane. Okay. But we, you know. So we're going to ask you to do an exercise with us. Yeah. Okay. So there is active abuse and then there's passive abuse. And it's important that we recognize the difference between the two. And okay? realize that they're both abuse. Yes. Exactly. Because sometimes passive abuse, we don't mm -hmm. always label it as bad yeah. as active abuse. But it is. The results are still the same in terms I of remember, the damage. I remember feeling like, man, um, I wish. Oh, why is my thing doing that? I wish he would just hit me. I wish he would just hit me because then everybody be would know. Over it. Yeah. Then everybody would know mm -hmm. because every, the passive abuse was so insidious and so secretive that it made me wonder if I was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, it's not usually done out in the open, so right. nobody knew. Nobody sees it. And mm -hmm. I, I'm like. Isn't it real? Am I? Is this? This is bad, right? Like I, I wasn't. <laughs> we don't trust ourselves in right. judgment anymore. Like that's I, part of it. This doesn't feel right, but is it just me? So um, that passive abuse is just as just, just as, as, as much. Yep, abuse. it is. It's just as bad. Okay, so let's talk, we'll talk about passive and active. So we're going to give you a list of abusive behaviors, and I want you to think in your head <clears throat> how you would label these: A for active, P for passive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we'll read them a couple times so you see. So you know, can think this through. So, for instance, name calling. Is that passive or is that an act of abuse? Okay. Silent treatment. Active or passive? Disapproving looks. Active or passive? Oh, I've been guilty of that. Me too. Rage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Belittling comments. Verbal threats. Throwing objects. Slapping, hitting, physical violence. I'm wondering, <clears throat> throwing objects, could like slamming doors also be, mm. you know, when you're like mad and you're slamming cabinets and you're slamming, like, Possibly. you know, if you're throwing objects at people, you're not really, most people aren't trying to hit them, they're trying to show that they're angry. So, pleasure. I don't know, so just throwing. slamming doors, just throwing. that could be, throwing that could out be. There. So, I'm thinking things like, Name calling. Mm -hmm. That feels active to me. That Definitely. feels like in your face active. You okay? know that that's wrong. Right. There's no confusion. Silent treatment. That Silent treatment is passive, passive to me. To me. Silent yeah. treatment is passive. passive. It doesn't feel right, but right? there's nobody outwardly doing anything, anything to you. you. Mm -hmm. Disapproving looks, passive. That's just totally. another way. So we don't, we don't always identify these as abuse. So think mm -hmm. about this. If someone's giving you the silent treat, my ex-husband used to do this, mm -hmm. um, or disapproving looks, my mom was the queen, um, rage. rage. Rage is active. Definitely. That you is know. easily identified. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's so tricky, because yeah. some aren't, right? Right. So belittling comments. I feel like that's active. I absolutely agree that that's active. Um, mm -hmm. Verbal threats. Active. Definitely active. Throwing objects. Active. You're throwing things. <laughs> active. <laughs> Slapping, hitting, physical violence. Obviously, that's obvious, is active. right? Okay. Now, what about things like? Are there things that you would add to this? Think about your own situation. What would you add? Like I added to mine, emotional detachment. 
withdrawing love, withdrawing yes. affection. Yes, withdrawing you know? affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now those will be passive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those could be devastating. Definitely, especially to a child. Right? When you withdraw from them emotionally, that's horrific, I think. I, yeah. I think that's it's terrible. abuse. Right? But we do it. I actually have to really watch this one, like withdrawing, because when I'm upset, I'm really working on like not lashing out verbally, mm-hmm. not being overly critical. So I just want to like put myself in timeout and be by myself. <laughs> like I did, I was telling Kim tonight, I said, you know, I was having a conversation with someone that I so badly just wanted to give my opinion and tell them what I thought. And I thought, you know, n- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was putting myself in timeout. Just shut up. They didn't ask for your opinion. You don't need to fix them. You don't need to help them. Yeah. They didn't ask for it. They're not ready to receive it. Shut up. That's a good, that's a hard lesson. So I had to shut Especially up. when you've shared your opinion Online. Online. <laughs> so so for, for me, it was constant criticism and emotional yeah. detachment and withdrawal. Those were the big ones. But I'm wondering, me. but like I really feel like I have to be careful because with my kids, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll use them as an example. Sure. Sometimes I just don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like I'm and really I'm, mad. Yeah. And anything I say is not going to be nice. So you need to withdraw from the situation. So I need to like not talk to you, but not yeah. because I don't love you, yeah. but because I don't want to talk to you. But it's not a prolonged thing, is it? I no. Mean, if it's just in the, in no. the heat of the moment where you and need so to here's, give, some, give yourself space yes. to formulate your thoughts, So here's what I different. have to say. Look, you obviously I'm frustrated. Right. But I, and I'm being very quiet, but it's not because I'm like mad. I just need a moment. Like I, I just, just need a moment. Give me some so space. So that's, I think yeah. that's what I've learned is I just have to communicate. Right. That's the thing. So you're not withdrawing love or affection no. from them. So but, I, but I feel like I'm withdrawing. Like I feel yeah. like I need to, like I want to hide. Yeah. In my, I want to put myself in timeout. I want right. to hide in my room and, and don't knock on my door and don't talk to me. And my name right. is not mom. Okay. Okie dokie. Now. Her kid's 30 something. She, she, she doesn't remember I don't what it's like to have people knocking on your door. I do remember not to go to the bathroom or take a shower. Just I, I want to just go in the bathroom and just sit. Because I was like, I don't want Because you don't want to be mom. I don't want anyone to ask me anything. I would say, okay, you know what? I don't, I'm just going to go in there and sit down and, exactly. and, and just read a book or something. Just exactly. And sit on the edge of the tub See? or sit in the tub, but no I'm one will leave saying. me alone. Okay, okay. so. Okay. Now think back to the results of the abuse that we read above. So self-condemnation, lack of confidence, tendency to be easily manipulated, morbid introspection, passivity, lack of security, rigidity, or any other emotional issues that you can think of. Okay, so think of that. What results did you find from your own abuse? Mm. All right, think of those results from your own abuse. What were the results of that? Okay, so for me, the constant criticism resulted in a lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel confidence. And the emotional detachment left me with a lack of security, feeling like I didn't belong. You yeah. know, I didn't feel secure, uh, a, a secure foundation within my own family. Mm-hmm. So, so give these some thoughts. And I would offer, I, for me, I would add self-condemnation to that. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. super, True. I was super, super hard. I'm still very hard on myself, but super, super hard because I was felt so criticized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we turn that abuse on ourselves and we start doing it to ourselves. So that right. self-condemnation mm-hmm. is a big one for me too. So think through that. Think through the results of abuse and think about some of your experiences and what how that's resulted with you. Identify with at least, you know, you can... Pretty much all codependents can identify with at least two of those, right? Oh, for so, sure. For sure. <laughs> so if it's, it's only two, you may not be codependent. Like right, you may yeah, just exactly. be normal. <laughs> right, right. So it's really important that you connect the dots yeah. between the abuse that you suffered 
mm. and the effect that that abuse has had on you between your experience and the effect on you, the result. Let, can, let me just stop here because I, if you're like me, you might be having trouble with the word abuse. Right. We don't always think of these things as abuse. That's what we're trying to help. That's yeah. what this exercise is but, for. And then that's the hard part. And you might be, if you're like me, you might be kind of stopped in your brain and go, well, I, this doesn't apply to me. I I'm wasn't abused. abused. Yeah. Abuse. So mm-hmm. yeah. I just want to encourage you to mm-hmm. take the lesson mm-hmm. and not focus so much on the labels. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. Because you'll miss it. You'll miss it if you're so busy defending the abuser. Yes. Yes, which is the whole thing. Which is the whole thing. If you're so busy defending and going, no, but I had a really great childhood. My parents really loved me, and I had everything I ever needed. Mm. You'll be so busy with that in your head that you can't go. But man, I really didn't feel safe, and I I really didn't feel loved. Didn't feel worth. So I just Mm -hmm. want to just encourage you to just breathe. You might need to breathe into that one. Just take a breath. And I think there's an example in here of a similar situation with someone where you know outwardly. Their family looked great and healthy yeah. and all of those things. But inwardly, there, was, there were other things going on. And she would have never, this particular person who shared her story, would never have identified this as abuse. Mm-hmm. She minimized everything that happened to her and felt like it was her. You know, mm-hmm. She didn't realize that her parents hadn't parented her in a positive, healthy, functional way. Which is, they're all doing the best they can. They are. And it's true. But it does affect us. You see, we can't... It does. You know, minimizing it doesn't help because it doesn't allow us to really own it Work through it, face yeah. it, walk, you know, walk yeah. through it. So um, we've got to, we've got to face it. So hurt okay. and anger go together. They sure do. Oh, they hurt too. Right. But those hurts are result, the result from not feeling loved, like we're just talking about. That, mm-hmm. that is our desperate need as codependents is to right. feel loved. And to not, and it, it comes from not feeling valued. And it comes from feeling abandoned, used, and condemned. Those are harsh words. I know. Abandoned, used, condemned, not valued, not loved. Not safe. And that anger is actually a reaction toward the source of hurt. Because for every action, there's an equal or opposite reaction. There's a reaction. So the reaction to that hurt is anger. The need for a sense of self-worth leads codependence. That's you and me. That's you and me to try to rescue the very ones who have hurt them. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Make and them so happy. As a result, we get hurt as codependents again and again. And we don't know how to break the cycle. That's why we're doing this. Right. We don't know how to break this. It's been going on for years and decades and whatnot. Yeah. But the other thing generations. Too, yes. I'm watching this happen mm-hmm. with people I love. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. been happening for generations. Yeah. It's true. It is. And think about this. Anger is a reaction toward the one who hurt you, but it may not always necessarily come out actively against that person. It may somehow get buried and come out other ways, or it may, you may take it out on someone else or something right. else in a, in a different situation. You, you may, may just overreact. take it out on yourself. You may take it out on yourself, but you, you may know? overreact in a situation that's not that, it's not that serious yeah. because you have all that anger stuffed inside. And it's not safe mm-hmm. to express your anger and pain to the person who's causing it. So you somehow, it's got to come out some way. Mm-hmm. So it filters out in inappropriate ways. So if someone tells you you have anger control issues or anger issues, it's probably because you haven't really dealt with the deep wounds and yeah. the real issues. If you find so, yourself mm-hmm. flying off too emotional, people, yeah. and it doesn't match, like your yeah. reaction doesn't uh-huh. match 
the infraction. Like what happened? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. hold on. That, that, did, that didn't match. Yeah, yeah, you just got triggered. Mm-hmm. Yep. You need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. talk to us. It's fine. Yeah, you can talk to us. That's why we want to go through this because you guys, we would love for you to be here with us. To be here with us and we can talk and have some tea and whatnot. But anyway. Oh, tea sounds lovely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'd love for you to be here. So walk with us in this and we'll, yes. we'll do this together. So. so think about somebody who's married to an addict or an alcoholic. Okay, it doesn't always have to be, but this is a very typical scenario. They tend to make excuses for them, they justify their behavior, they minimize their behavior, and they completely and totally enable their behavior. Yes. If they always have a reason, it's because of this and because of that. So if the codependent tries to break the pattern by setting up a boundary or making the abuser accountable for their own behavior, like suffer consequences of their yeah. actions, mm-hmm. you know, the abuser is going to label them selfish. You never do this for me. You yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm not you know. asking that much. Right. I'm not asking that much. Um, okay. Yeah. The worst possible insult for us as codependents is to be called selfish. Mm-hmm. We are so selfless. Yes. Which isn't not really, really true. But we think in our heads we are. Right. We think we're being selfless, mm-hmm. but it really is just because it makes us feel better, right. which is a whole crazy circle mm-hmm. in itself and so we live as codependents by rescuing others we've got to fix people but that's not where we find our them. value is by fixing people but it's not to actually help them it's to help us feel better about ourselves exactly but then what happens mm-hmm. the codependent finally gets angry resentful we finally had enough and we realize we're being used and we realize we're being manipulated but not enough to actually cause us to change our behavior. We just get mad and we rage right. and it might be misplaced. It's not usually the person who, you know, were, is abusing us, but that's a whole other thing. Right. So this cycle kind of robs the codependent the ability to really objectively understand this tangled relationship. Because remember, we lack objectivity. We don't we do. see we things don't see clearly. Mm-hmm. We don't see our situations clearly. We can yep. see everybody else just fine, mm-hmm. but we make excuses for and mm-hmm. we are in a lot of denial about mm-hmm. what's happening. And we may get mad, lives. even at the person, like think sure. of the spouse who's married to the alcoholic and they get mad, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not going to help you, I'm not. but you still do it. Yep. And you do it over and over. You make excuses and you're angry. for them. Mm-hmm. But, and and the, the abuser or the alcoholic or the dependent person knows that if they just let you rage and yell, they're used to it, yeah. that you'll still do what they want. They yep. just have to wait you out. Exactly. Because and you can develop this pattern of behavior. Yes. And it's very hard to break it. Very hard. It takes a lot of work and introspection. And it becomes really this consistent and continuous twisted cycle. It does. It's very sick. It is, but we do it. And so the codependent continually rescues and fixes. And really what we end up doing is we actually prevent the abuser from facing the consequences of their own behavior. There's no incentive for them to change and get better in any way. Mm-hmm. So we're really... Why dis- should they? They're dis- we're disabling them. <laughs> yes. When we do this. That's right. Um and why should they change? Really, think about it. Their wrong behavior has no consequences. No it doesn't cost, cost them. them anything. They're they're not being hurt. They have everything they want. The only thing, the only person that's being hurt is the enabler. And right. who cares about that person, right? We right. don't care about ourselves enough to actually stand up for ourselves. Why would anybody else? But the problem is that this leads to dysfunctional relationship that's harmful for both people. One person is not making out here both people are dysfunctional but we're all so blind we can't Mm -hmm. see it Mm -hmm. until we choose to right i think back to my ex-husband um 
just the this is such a picture because he was so manipulative and just always I just always remember feeling like I was being forced to do things I didn't want to do for him that he should be doing for himself you know you're a grown man and I would get so angry and I would be like oh you know I'm not doing this but you're I would try to set boundaries with him and it just he was one of those who and, and this will happen be prepared for this when you do try to set boundaries when you haven't set boundaries they will push back with all oh, their might they sure. will fight those boundaries just telling a dysfunctional dependent no is a challenge, man. It's like a red flag to a bull. They're going to push and push and come charging. Yes. So I remember really trying to stick to my boundaries. And just some of the... No, we didn't used to fight until I started setting boundaries. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. we were having arguments. Because I just great. came his way. Mm -hmm. I was just letting... You know, it wasn't worth the fight. It wasn't worth the fight. But you know what? I lost myself. Uh -huh. And I lost my voice. And I became somebody who I wasn't. Yep. And so when I finally decided I've got to set some boundaries, and I do remember one particular time that I was done. Um, Bill made so, so much more money than me, and yet he was always trying to borrow money from me. So after we were divorced, I think we were divorced here, he'd had an affair and he was with this girlfriend, right? So he's driving back from some gig because he was a um, oh yeah he, he was a consultant yeah. he was a, oh. no 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 he was a consultant and so he would go all over the country and all over the world now but or before um, working in the pharmaceutical industry anyway long story so he but he was always broke he made so much money and he was always broke because he couldn't manage his money I made a quarter of what he made and I managed my money way better than he did so I managed my bills paid but he was always trying to borrow money from me. So one day he was, it was the middle of winter and he, we lived in Nebraska or, um, did we, no, Michigan, Michigan. And he went to Ohio for something. He was driving back and it was a blizzard, a blizzard. And he, he ran out of gas money or something. He'd stopped by the side of the road and he called me to see if I would call and pay for, I don't know, a tow truck or yeah, somebody like to come and rescue him. Right. And I said, um, no. And because I was determined, I had been working with a counselor to tr try and set boundaries with him. And I said, no. And he was like, Kathleen, it's a blizzard out here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, boy, you know, sorry to hear that, but this is not my problem. And him saying, Kathleen, don't you understand? You know, like he was just really laying on the guilt. And I said, well, you know what? Why don't you ask your girlfriend? Maybe you should call your girlfriend. Maybe she can help you here, <laughs> fix you here. She didn't have any money. Because she was spending all his. And so I Which, said... And yours, by the and way. And mine too, yes. That's the whole story. But um, so I said, you know, I'm sorry I can't help. And just before I hung up, he said, Kathleen, I could die out here. I could die. It's a blizzard. I said, hmm, that sounds serious. That's manipulative. I was like, that sounds serious, click. <laughs> so, and it was so hard, though. And it was everything yes. I could do not to call back and say, okay, you know what? I could find you, Toto. And he was so furious that he ended up, I think he ended up calling his sister and he got her to pay for it because she was as codependent as I was with him. And so, but but just everything that he tried, the guilt and then the anger, he's raging at me and telling me I was an awful person and, and I, I, you know, how could I let, you know, our daughter, dad die, you yeah. know, and just like, oh my gosh, how could I... For everything he said, he didn't think he, I hated him that much. You know, that I wanted him to die and all this. And I'm like, the I don't guilt. want you to die, but I'm yeah. not responsible for your gas situation. I'm going to feel guilty. You I'm knew you, you were going guilty. on this trip. Why didn't you have enough money for gas money or for, I don't know, his car broke down. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so I did not help him and he managed to find his way out. Um, but another time I was thinking of is when he wanted, he owed me so much money and I had to go to court and we had a court oh, order for wow. him to repay all this money that he. Anyway, long story. So he owed me money. And he called me one time to ask to borrow money. 
And I said, why would I lend you money? That's throwing good money after bad. You wouldn't yeah. owe me all this money. No, I'm not giving you any money. Do you want to get paid back or not? I have a job opportunity, but I have to go to such and such a state to do it, and I don't have the money to get there. If you just pay for me to get there, I can do this job and make money, and I can pay you back. That is so classic. Isn't that just, that is classic, like classic narcissism and classic codependency dependency. Wow. Luckily, I'd been working with a counselor, and I said, no, Bill, I am so sorry. Actually, I didn't say I was sorry because she said not to apologize because my no is no. And I just said, no, I'm, I, I can't help you. Um, you're going to have to figure something else on your own. Do you want me to pay you back? Well, I guess that's just saying that you don't care if I pay you back or not. Well, I'm not responsible you're for going, how you pay me back. Right? I said, that's like, I said, Bill, that's like if you owe the bank money, if you get a loan from the bank, and you go in, or you owe them money, and you're going in, you, you, you haven't paid your credit card, and you owe them all this money on your credit card, and you go in to get a loan to pay the credit card. They're not going to give you a loan to pay exactly. your credit card, dude, because exactly. you haven't paid your credit card. So, he, anyway. But it's interesting because those things were tricks that he used to use yes. to control you and manipulate you. Like, yes. that's what used to work. Yes. Yes. That's what used to work. I would give in. I'd feel yeah. terrible. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, of course I'll give you money so you can get a job. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I need you to pay me back. I need so you to get a job. I need you, you know? to get a good job so you can pay me back. I need you to get a job. No, right? no, no. He so needs crazy. him to get a job. Right, I just need him to pay me back. But how he does that is not my concern. It's not my job to help him figure out to do what he needs to do. Right. Well, that's why I say it's like we're disabling people when yes. we when we we're going to talk when about we control yes. when we when we help them so much mm -hmm. and we don't give them the opportunity right. to be able to take care of themselves. We're not helping them. We no. think we're helping them, no. but we're really actually we're crippling hinder them. exactly. We're crippling them. We're hand, hind hindering them. We're disabling them. Um, which it goes against really what that's why it's not good for either either right. person and that's why they say that typically an addict or an alcoholic controls their codependent with helplessness and neediness yep. because we need to be needed mm -hmm. and we need to rescue and help and fix you so if they're helpless we can help them yeah right and that gives and us a feeling of self and they use that against yep. us so codependents love nothing more than to be needed and to help somebody but this need allows us to be easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. And this cycle leads to the codependent feeling used, manipulated, angry, worthless, lacking in self-confidence, and ends in self-condemnation. Think about that. I would say, think about that. So the opposite behavior would generate an opposite response. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's right? good. All right. right. Let's talk about that. So if we actually had boundaries and had people be responsible for their own behavior, mm -hmm. we would not feel used. We would not feel manipulated or angry or worthless. Mm -hmm. We would have great self-confidence. Right. Because I mean, Isn't that boundaries We wouldn't be condemning mm -hmm. ourselves. We would feel great about our decisions because we were doing what was best for us. Right. Huh. Exactly. Think about that. We're going to talk about that more. Because I, I was that. telling Kim earlier tonight about um, this thing that I read about a guy that was talking about codependent, or I don't know who the author was, but anyway, about codependency and how it impacts the person that we're enabling. We think a lot about the codependent and the dependent person. Um, and the dependent person, we think about it in a different view, but we don't think about the harm our codependency does to that dependent person. Um, so I guess we talk about it now. We're talking about it. Let's sure. do it. So I was reading this thing. I don't remember exactly how I told you tonight, but I was reading this thing where this guy said, we're not considering the damage that we're doing to the other person. So he was talking about it in the case of a child, a parent with a child. So you have this child that you're constantly enabling. You don't teach them responsibility for themselves. There's no accountability. They don't have consequences for the wrong behavior. It's always somebody else's fault. 
Basically, what you're doing is you're crippling them. You're not teaching them how to go out into the world and be a healthy, functioning adult. So they are learning from you how to manipulate, mm-hmm. how to use, how to avoid consequences, mm-hmm. how to be irresponsible, how to not take responsibility for themselves, and you are teaching them that. Yeah. So me as a parent am inculcating that in my child. What I am. Word? What was the word? Inculcating? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, I never heard that word. Okay, so <laughs> I like we, it. we are planting in our children this this negative, this this sense that we don't have to be responsible for ourselves because mom or dad will mm-hmm. fix it. They'll take care of it. That's so we don't ever have consequences. Yeah. Mentality. So they don't ever have consequences. So what we're doing actually is we need to be needed so much mm. that we're making our children needy. We're making these children need us to fix their world for them. And any time that we use somebody else and their need or their weakness to meet our own need is sick. Yeah. It's dysfunctional. So we're using their need for us to, you know, fix their world for them. But what we're doing basically is abdicating. Oh, sorry. I like that. Okay. It's abdicating our responsibility as a parent because we've given up. Our, I know, our, big word. Our parenting role. We make fun of me. Um, I do not. I like them. So, but we're just giving up our role as a parent. Our yeah. role as a parent is to help your child become an independent, functioning, healthy person yes. and leave home. Yes. And, and get a job. Yes. And buy a car and do all the things that functioning adults yes. do. Yes. And right? raise other functioning adults. Exactly. Like to have so, functional yes. generations that keep right. going. And if you're continuing to enable them, especially when they go into an adulthood, that's just bad news. If you have, yeah. you know, an adult child living at home with you and you're still supporting them, you need to maybe rethink that whole relationship because you're not helping them. Mm-hmm. You're not helping them. You're getting, it's almost parasitical because you're Ooh, getting something from true. them. You're getting something out of them to meet your need, but it's not helping them it's not for their best you're sucking the life out of them mm-hmm. but, and, and they're, they're sucking, sucking the life, life out, out of you. you so it could be, yeah it, it could is. be it's, you know it's interesting mm-hmm. but you know what's going to happen because let's say this is like a parent-child relationship right? generally speaking the the parent you know the child outlives the parent mm-hmm. so when the parent is gone if you haven't created a situation where they're self-sufficient mm-hmm. what are they going to do mm-hmm. But you know, I see you've this. made it so that when you're gone, they can't function. Take care of themselves. Like they can't. That so should be happens, scarier to you yes. than them getting upset with you. Because you know, think about that. Think about the person that always has to be in some kind of relationship because they they're so afraid of being on their own. Yeah. They're so afraid that they can't manage themselves and they can't live their life because someone else has already fixed everything and done yeah. everything for them, they may get themselves into a bad relationship after bad relationship right. because they're so needy emotionally because they can't handle life. Mm-hmm. You have not prepared them to handle disappointment or rejection or no or all those things, That's right? Scary. Or consequences of wrong behavior. So you're not helping. You're hurting. So if you're really hurting your children, you need to rethink your parenting. So And we all need to rethink yeah, we all do. Some different We've already done ways. that a lot. Yeah. So we've already done some of that. So we're saying that to ourselves. Yes. We've done a lot of it. So, Definitely. So let's talk about the layers of protection. Layers of protection. How we protect ourselves. Okay. So um, typically with the codependent, whether it's active or passive abuse that you've suffered, you will a great wall of anger exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
in our soul, deep in our soul. In the whether very they, whether soul you realize it or not, yes, yes. whether you feel your feelings or not. But we build these elaborate yeah. defenses, these defense mechanisms around us to protect ourselves, to block the pain, and to avoid the anger. We want to control this anger. Yeah. So those kinds of things include different... Well, um, the big one, I think, is denial. Denying the reality that's right in front of us, mm -hmm. where we, we do. just pretend like things are not yeah. as they are. Right. We, that displaced anger we talk about, mm -hmm. where we go out on rages and get really angry at people about things that... Don't even warrant that kind of yeah, level, they, that they level of matter. anger. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we keep people at a distance, emotionally, specifically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think I think that was very much me. I would I looked very inviting. I looked very gregarious, but I didn't let people really get close to me mm -hmm. at all. Too scared. I didn't trust them. I didn't trust mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a big I one. had a lot of friends, but only a few really close relationships where people mm -hmm. actually got in, got yeah. to know me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't have a lot of people was... that I actually let in. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends and acquaintances. Oh, for, you know, yeah. Good lunch, and everybody thinks I'm their best friend. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, inside, really there's that wall. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, we are numb to our feelings. We don't feel our feelings. Huge. This is huge. We'll talk about this We've more. worked on this one mm -hmm. a lot. Right. We've kind of talked about our feelings wheel. Like that is literally yes, we need to talk on about my that. favorites on my phone because mm -hmm. we went through. I, I just looked at that the other day. Did you? Fact. Yes. We went through a period where we were looking at it almost every day yeah. going, okay, what am yeah. I feeling right now? Because yesterday I was, or not yesterday, it was last week sometime. I was going through something and I thought, what am, what I, am I feeling? feeling? Mm -hmm. I don't, like I feel, something's wrong. I don't yeah. know. What is this? And so I went through it and I thought, oh, okay. You had to identify mm -hmm. it. In that wild? Yeah. 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 That's, mm -hmm. And that's a, that was a big one, yep. being numb to our feelings. Being in control. If you feel like you have to be in control of everything. And everybody. Mm-hmm. That is um, a, a layer of protection that you've created for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, people pleasing. That's a big one for women. We've talked about that over and over. People pleasing. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, excusing, excusing the, the offender. offender. We make excuses we for the person who are is... experts at it. Oh, oh. We didn't see things clearly. Like, I remember one of my kids saying to me once, why do you think that just because he said that, it's going to happen? Right. He never does anything he says he's right. going to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Like, I just was mm -hmm. in such denial of the reality. Right. Why do you believe that? He's never done that. Yeah. He said it a hundred times. He's That's never actually done it. obvious. Right? Like, or it's obvious. Like, yes. Or things and I couldn't like, do it. I remember... Um, I won't name names, but somebody that I know that their father was abusive. And I remember the mom saying, or her time at the mom would say, oh, but it's because he loves us. He loves us so much. He works so hard. He's just really stressed. It's, be it's because he loves us. That's well, crazy. she learned that love hurts, oh. that love was abusive, that love didn't value, that love um, manipulated and controlled. She learned all the wrong things about love because oh. her mom would say that all the time. It's, he loves because he loves us. He loves us. He loves you. But he loves you so much. But mommy, That's he just beat me, you know. But he loves you. He loves you. So, you know, the mom was excusing the offender and not dealing with the And reality. she was probably doing yeah. everything she could mm -hmm. to please him. Yep. That's that people-pleasing thing. Mm -hmm. um, she was making excuses for him. Yep. She was in complete denial of reality. Denying reality. Um, a man was an abuser. Just, I mean, the, the things we do mm -hmm. and these defenses, they actually vary depending on the circumstances. Right. You can do you know, any we're different, of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. different ones with different times, different people. Um, but they, they have a purpose. And that purpose is to bring us short-term relief because we need relief, right? Right. Um, but it's not a healthy way. It's a short-term relief because it helps us block out the pain, at least momentarily, and control our anger because that's another one for us. To we want to be degree. in control. Yes, yes. So in, in some 
there's some modicum of, of control in our minds. Um, but eventually, we lose. Mm -hmm. We can't function in dysfunction and be healthy. That's it. We Plain can't and function in dysfunction can. and be healthy. I just made that up just That's now. great. I love it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> these... We just need to I know. I, well, you know. So these same strategies that seem to protect us from the deep wounds and these tangled relationships, they also protect us from the actual healing, healing process that the wounds cause. Yes. So when we don't see things clearly, when we don't accept the reality, when we don't create these boundaries, we will not, we will not achieve the healing that we need. So if you have these defense mechanism in place, you're not dealing with the wounds. Yeah. You're not healing. Okay. The healing requires feeling. It requires working through this stuff. It requires facing reality. It requires objectivity. It requires all the things that codependents lack. So you've got to learn how to do those things, right? Um, so you've heard the discussion before about peeling yeah, back the onion, right? Layers, we talk yeah. about this all the time. The fresh air and light on our pain and anger will begin the healing that we need. It is painful, but it's the only thing that will work. It's the only thing that helps. It absolutely is. But in that, in that revelation, in that healing is freedom mm -hmm. and so you can handle the pain because it's like having a scab over a wound mm. like the the initial wound is very raw and painful but the scab is hard and tough and brings healing that's what this exposure mm -hmm. uh, to the truth and this healing does it creates um, a scar that hardens us and not in a unhealthy way but in a healing way right exactly so Often codependents grow up and continue to live in relationships characterized by manipulation, abuse, condemnation, um, poor resolution of conflict, and other behaviors that wound them deeply mm -hmm. over and over. We continue these relationships. So you, you can think of the person that's married three alcoholics. Her dad was an alcoholic. Now she's married three alcoholics. We just continue this pattern. Yep. It's familiar. We know it, right? It, it, so feels, it feels normal to it us. It does feel normal. And it's not. That's where we lack objectivity and we deny reality. It feels normal when it's not. So the reality of pain and anger is too threatening to codependents and to their important relationships. No one taught or allowed them to process their pain. Mm. I can when I was a child, <clears throat> I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't ex allowed to express anger, and I really wasn't allowed to cry or mm. express pain. My dad would always say, "I'll give you something to cry about." I was just about to say, remember that? Yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. My dad was a marine, and so we weren't allowed to have those kind of emotions in our house. So we just didn't have them. You just you just didn't. Yeah. And so um, no one taught me the joys of love and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and a codependent's life, that doesn't often happen. Almost by default, their only solution for dealing with the pain of deep wounds is not dealing with them, but to repress them. Yep. So we can, we can talk about how hard it was for us to ever admit in the beginning that we were angry about anything. For sure. Or hurt. I would never say I was hurt. Oh, no, that's weak. I'd say I was angry before I was hurt. For sure. Because that is weakness. Because hurt. But even being hurt angry. feels like weakness. It wasn't accepted in our house. We couldn't get angry in our house. So I just was never angry. Yeah. And so think about those things in your house. For some homes, anger is accepted. Mm -hmm. That's strong and powerful. But what were you not allowed to feel? That you did right. feel... But, but we weren't learned, allowed to express it. Right. You learned how to stuff it and you learned mm -hmm. how to repress it. We're going to... If you're going to work with us, you're going to work through those feelings. Because mm -hmm. everyone gets hurt and everyone gets angry. Yes. Everyone, everyone feels rejected. Scared. Everyone yes. feels scared. Yes. And if you can't express those things, 
they get stuffed and you either get numb to your feelings or they come out in inappropriate yeah. ways. So, so, true. so, so we're going to wrap this up. This was um, just kind of covering some, yeah. deep, some deep wounds and thinking about that peeling that onion. Um, but let's do our summary yeah. statement. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to summarize? you want me to summarize? Sure. Um, any behavior designed to control and oppress another human being is abusive. Boom. That's it. Any, any behavior. Let's say it again. Any behavior designed to control and oppress another human being is abusive. Exactly. The passive abuse of neglect and withdrawal can be as devastating as active abuse. This is hard for us sometimes. Passive if we abuse. don't come from a, you know, a real traumatic, dramatic history or family of origin where we were beaten or sexual abused or you know, whatever, um, we may not identify with abuse. Mm -hmm. But we were indeed abused. Okay. Um, the elaborate defense mechanisms help the codependent control anger and avoid dealing with emotional pain. And we relate to that. Yeah. So think about that. Think about the last time you were angry. First of all, think about the last time you were angry. Were you ever angry? And when you were, what were you really angry about? Was right. you really angry about the little thing that you blew up about? Or was it really because of the underlying pain from something else that yes. just kept accumulating until you finally blew? Mm -hmm. That's how I dealt with. Well, when things would bother me, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't deal with it. wouldn't deal with it. And then all of a sudden, I would just blow up. And it would be like, well, why did you just say that back here? When I did it the first time, not the 10th time. Right. You know, so if, if that's what you do, if you just carry that and carry that and carry that until you finally blow, because it doesn't feel safe to be angry the first time. No. So you have to let it accumulate to the point where you feel like you can't hold it and it's just got to blow up. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel safe to get angry. We're not allowed to feel our feelings. Yes. We have to take care of everybody else. We right. can't have our own feelings. Mm -hmm. So I know it's a lot. Hurt and anger, like we said, is heavy, and there's many layers to it. So we're gonna keep working through it. Thanks, Stick with us. You thanks guys. for joining us on this episode. Remember like to and like subscribe. What she said. <laughs> what she said. Yes, like and subscribe, and so we'll we can keep you. bringing this good information to you. So and we'll see you next time on Uncomfortable Conversations yes. with the K and K Twins. If you have comments or questions, post them, please. We'd love to see them. Yeah. Thanks, people. See you next time. Bye. Bye.